0: Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Adam, I'm one of the leaders here, and we're on week three of our short mini-series, Don't Be Weird. Who's been here for all three weeks? Wonderful. Wonderful. If you were here last time I stood at the front and did it, so two weeks ago, you had made quite a poor seating choice, if you remember. You sat next to someone who was quite weird. Anyone remember that? You you sat next to someone who was quite weird a fortnight ago. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you that you've made a much better choice this morning because today, have a look to your left and your right, you have chosen to sit next to someone truly interesting. Like genuinely, They have things to share that are worth hearing and are valuable. Why don't you turn and just tell them, you're an interesting person. You have things to share that are valuable. (laughs) The good news of course, is that it's not just the person next to you who's interesting and who has things to say that are valuable. The same is also true of you. So Wants you to know this morning that you are an interesting person that you have things to share that are valuable and worth hearing. Did you know that? That's quite a nice note to start on, isn't it? And this morning we're going to investigate this a little bit further. I've got a prop because there's children in the room, and the rule is if there's children in the room, we have got to have a prop. <laughs> so a fortnight ago we had two boxes. Remember, one said ordinary life, the other one said life and faith. This morning we are going to continue and I've got my prop which is a spade and the title is the power of questions. Ooh, thanks, power of questions. Um, I've only got two hands, let's put that there and hope I don't fall over on it. Um, pretty much every time I've ever been somewhere and someone has tried to teach me about how to share my faith in an ordinary way and this is probably true for you too, you'll have found that what it focuses on is all the things you've got to make sure that you communicate to somebody else. Yeah? Anyone been in one of those sessions? And they're really helpful. Yeah, it's good. There's important stuff to share. The news that we have because of Jesus is good news, uh, and it is right that we share it. We do need to know it. uh, But it's a little bit weird to try and tell somebody something if you haven't listened to them. Yeah? It's one of the reasons Christians are weird. We go around trying to tell people things without actually having listened to them first. And so the power of questions is a really important tool for us, especially in the cultural moment that we live in. Have you noticed this? The moment that we live in doesn't like experts that tell you what to do. Have you noticed that? There's there's been this thing, I don't know if you've noticed, in the last 18 months or so, there's been this thing going on around the world with COVID. And, uh, And what happens is experts go on the telly, and they tell us the situation, and then Dave from like Slough, gets his computer out and records a video and uploads it to YouTube, and loads of people believe Dave from Slough, who's never actually even heard of uh, epidemics before, uh, rather than the people who've done 27 research projects on epidemics. Have you noticed that well, we don't like experts telling us what to do in the moment that we live in? Now Dave might be very interesting and he might have mastered video editing but he's not an expert in epidemiology and he's probably not worth paying attention to on the subject of covid uh, there are people who have done lots of work on this and are worth listening to you get the point could i have picked a more controversial topic to have lodged in with <laughs> I, I feel like everyone's sitting there waiting for someone to shout at me i probably should have picked something slightly less sensitive but the fact remains we live in a moment where we don't like experts we certainly don't like people who tell us what to do and so what we need to do as christians is learn that we need to utilise the power of questions, not just walk around telling everybody what to do. And before we go any further, I must at this point own up to something. This is me being very vulnerable, I must confess. In fact, I'm not very good at anything I'm going to tell us is a good idea this morning. For me, I quite like being on the opposite end. I like other people asking me questions. I like being the wise man. The man with the plan. I like giving people good answers and saying, this is what we're going to do. I'm not really actually very good at asking questions, but thank the Lord. He's done something in me over the last 15 years, and I pray he finishes it. That has opened me up to not have to be the person at the front with the answer. Not be the person who's been listened to, but actually to give other people the opportunity to talk to love and value other people by asking them a question and listening to their answer. I'm not going to ask the hands up, but I'm sure there are many other people in the room who quite like having the answer, quite like the the limelight of being the one that people are listening to, when actually there is something incredibly loving about asking questions to somebody else and listening to their answer. Two quick stories from the life of Jesus that are going to help us with the power of stories. And I am gonna come back to my state in a minute, I promise. So if you've got a Bible, Mark chapter 10 is where we're gonna go first, really two really famous stories that I'm gonna take us to. Because here's the interesting thing. Jesus is known for many things, right? One of them is being perhaps the greatest teacher who ever lived. But Jesus, when you read the stories of his life, seems to spend a lot of time asking other people questions. Have you ever noticed? In fact, here's some numbers for you, if you like numbers. In the book of Mark, there are 67 conversations. In 50 of them, Jesus is asking questions. The greatest teacher ever lived decides he wants to ask questions of other people, often more importantly than giving answers to them. So let's read one such example, shall we? Mark chapter 10, verse 17. You might know this story as we begin. It says, Jesus started on his way and a man ran up to him, and fell on his knees before him. Any ever happened to you? <laughs> me either. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. Question. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not be false testimony, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Notice he doesn't answer Jesus's question. Jesus asks him a question. He doesn't answer it. He says, I've done all these things since I was a boy. Jesus looks at him and loves him. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Can't follow me. This is the man's face belt. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus asks the man a question. He doesn't answer it. He doesn't answer it because he's not open. He's not actually there to hear Jesus' answer. He's more interested in point scoring and looking good to the people who are listening to you. He's trying to show off about how good he is. No, on discovering that the man's heart is not open, Jesus doesn't chase him. Hey, no, come back. Oh, you didn't like my answer, but I've got something really important to tell you about entering the kingdom of God. Like your eternal destiny requires you to listen to me. No, no, Jesus just lets him go. Jesus asks him a question. He discovers the man isn't open and he lets him go. The power of questions. Second story, John chapter four, equally famous. You'll know this one too, probably, if you've been in church more than 10 times. Verse six. Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon when a samaritan woman came to draw water jesus said to her will you give me a drink question you're going to read the gospels now when you read the bible in the morning and evening whenever it is you do and you're going to go oh he does ask a lot of questions he does the samaritan woman said to him you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman, how can you ask me for a drink? It's the exact opposite of the man in the previous story. He ignored the question. She wants to know where it's come from. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So he starts with a question. She continues the conversation and engages him. And so he offers her something intriguing. Does she want to go further? in this conversation. Shall we find out? Verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. She's saying, mate, you're offering me a drink. You ain't got a bucket. (laughs) How are you going to get this water? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become to them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's still playing the intrigue card Have you noticed, is she interested? What's going on? The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Then we cut a load of the story out. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. He asks the woman a question. She engages him back. He chucks a couple of intriguing statements out to see if she really wants to know. And it takes them to the deepest form of conversation you can imagine. Her greatest shame is exposed. Do you know the story? Jesus has this word of knowledge about the fact that she's had five husbands. The man she's living with now isn't the husband. It's why she's at the well in the middle of the day because the other woman won't go get water with them. Her deepest shame is exposed. They talk about worship. And God, and then Jesus comes with the most startling of revelations He introduces who he is. One of the few times he's so explicit in his whole life. Started with a question. He discovered someone who was open, He was able to share the most important thing he had. It's the power of questions. And uh, we don't have... Lots of stories of Jesus having everyday conversations with people. What we have is like the best ones, right? And so I'm not really going to teach them the stories. I'm just trying to show us Jesus asks questions in their power. And come in a few weeks and we'll do the Bible properly. If you're upset about it, come back in a few weeks. Today, I've got a tool for you, a tool which is really helpful. And it looks like this. You can applaud in a minute because each of these starts with a letter that spells a word. Because like, I'm doing proper teaching right now. So the first one says start a conversation. It should, I can't see the screen, but it should be on there a second. Start a conversation, ask questions, listen to their answers, and then tell some of the story. spell salt. It's pretty impressive, right? <laughs> I didn't make it up, so I stole it from somewhere. Here's the deal telling some of the story doesn't mean that you go find someone, you ask them some questions to get to know them. And then you go, right, I've done that bit. Now I can get my fire hose out and unload on them everything I've ever learned in church. But it's not, we listen to people so that we can bombard them with information. We're asking questions, we're getting to know people because we want to tell them something that's valuable and we want to connect it into their life. Because if you grab someone in the street and you start telling them something really important without having listened to them, that's weird. But if you have a conversation with someone and you've got something that adds to the conversation to their experience, to the situation they find themselves, friends that's ordinary that's normal maybe it's a personal story about how God has worked in your life to help with something that they just shared about maybe it's like Pete was sharing about last week they're facing something in their life and you know a story about Jesus' life that you could link in just a story, just like Jesus did do they want to know some more? And they might like the richer and ruler walk off sad because that's not what they wanted at all. I thought this week I was going to have the best story. Because we had a man come to our house. He was servicing our boiler, which is like this thing you have to do when you own a house. Like, I never do. <laughs> just, just bought a house last year now, but do grown up things like pay someone to service my boiler. Anyway, suddenly he gets into this really deep conversation with us and he's like, He's talking about how they go to the countryside every weekend. They love it there and how the beauty of the fields is the place they feel most at home. I'm going, yeah, we're, we're getting deep here. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we love going to the sea when we need to rest, like the size of the sea, just so good for the soul. And he's like, yeah. He goes, why are fields beautiful? I'm like, I yeah, let's go. And I'm like, well, all like, right, let's go with intrigue like Jesus, because I'm preparing to preach. I'm like, well, you know, because like, a connection to nature, like we're not different to nature, and it reminds us that we're small because the world's so big, doesn't it? And he just looked at me and went, Mate, you're getting a bit too deep for me. He goes back and <laughs> down the, the stairs, back on the boy, like, yes, I can have a story I can tell about success. But this works, and he went, No, nah, no, actually, he's just giving me the patter. Yeah. Just having a little conversation, didn't want to go deep at all, never mind. You have to give it a shot, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Next year, the man who comes to service my boiler might be interested. And he might go, Yeah, do you know what? Why? Right. And away we go. Because if he's not open, what's the point of me he going, Hey, can I just tell you about Jesus before you go back into the stairs to finish my boiler? Because he doesn't care. He's not interested. But if he is interested, then we can have a conversation. Right? Start a conversation, ask questions listen to their answers, tell us some of the story. If you remember nothing else, that's it. Everything else is beyond, uh, is detail, is, is me padding it out. If you're writing notes, this is it. Start a conversation, which British people, not very good at, <laughs> ask questions. Listen to the answer, tell some of the story that links you to what you've heard. Very, very simple. And there are two important things that make this a powerful tool. First is this, asking someone questions and genuinely listening to their answer is a form of loving them. We've got the next slide, Sam. This is a guy who spent his whole life studying pastoral care and counselling, he's called David. Augsburger, he, in all of his work, came up with this conclusion. He said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. When you sit and someone is genuinely interested in you, they ask you a question. They listen to what you say. They ask you another question. How does it feel? Because he's right. You genuinely feel important. You feel valued. You feel special. You feel cared for. If you want to love the person next to you this morning, you want to love the person you encounter at work, at next to in class, on the bus. It's a very easy way of loving them. Ask a question, listen to their answer. Being heard is so close to being loved that to the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. If we're going to love people, friends, we need to listen to people. And Jesus said something about loving people, didn't he? Anyone remember? He said, love people. (laughs) It's quite easy. So the first thing about the power questions is that when we ask questions and listen to people's responses, we are demonstrating love. We are loving them. Second thing I need my spade for, and I need the next slide. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that clear? It's the perils of designing a slide on a computer screen at home and then going to a very light room. Ugh. This is a spade. This is my spade, I used it to take out a tree last weekend. This is a picture of grass and soil and rocks. Like this is what the ground looks like under, a think, when you're in a field. Not right now, but in a field. There's grass at the top, which is the stuff you can see. There's some soil underneath that it's growing out of, and there's some rocks at the bottom that give foundation to move. And questions are a little bit like a spade, because there's a form of questions where you can just dab around on the top. I'm going to wreck the stage, aren't I? This is a really bad idea. Anyway, you dab around on the top, poking at the stuff you can see. Yeah, there's a second form of questions where you're actually jabbing your spade into the ground and turning over the soil, and you're exposing the soil. There's another set of questions that get you through the soil to the very bottom, the rock that's at the bottom. You know that, familiar with that? Here's some examples. Next slide, some examples of surface level questions. Did you have a good weekend? Is a surface level question. You're asking about what you can see. What do you do for a living? That's the question British people like to ask each other. Helps us box the other person up. And we make loads of judgments on them based on their answer. Perhaps it's what school do you go to? Similar kind of thing. Have you got any holidays booked? I said earlier, I'm not very good at questions. Like, I'm learning this whole conversation piece. Like, these are all questions I've noted that people ask me. I'm amazed how often people ask me how often I have a holiday booked. I'm like, are you saying I've got pasty skin? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I look like I need a Nita holiday? Are you saying I look tired. But it's just small talk, isn't it? Stuff that people want to talk about. Don't get too deep, not gonna expose them, just poking around on the surface. Did you see the match last night? That's the, the men's favorite. Like the, you can't talk to a man next to you at your arrival, but if you turn to a man next to you and said you see the match last night, it'll be normal. <laughs> It'd be okay surface level question. You don't expose anything about the person. You're not going to really learn anything that you couldn't see or you would learn just being around anyway. But they're a good indication of whether they're prepared for you to go a little bit further. It's a little bit like you're poking your spade around on the ground and suddenly you hit something soft and the spade goes in. And you go, oh, they do want to talk about football or they do want to talk about their holiday. They do want to talk about. <laughs> oh, we go back to Washington. <laughs> they do want to talk about something that happened on their weekend because their answer opens it up for you. You ever had that experience? You ask them a question, they open it up, they continue. It's Jesus and the woman at the well. He asks her a question and she opens it up. Surface level questions. This is what we do. It's called small talk. But it's really useful because it does show us where there's a little bit of soft ground that we might plunge the spade a little bit further into. You follow me? This feels a little bit tenuous, but I've got to bring a spade to church and it's real practical. Like, I wish I'd heard this at 14. I'd be a much more rounded adult if I'd heard this at 14. If you're not very good at conversations, this is life skills today from someone still learning, not the expert. So next slide. Once you get beneath the grass, you're getting down into the soil, which is where that stuff grows from. And here yeah, are deeper questions, questions you could follow up with that take you slightly further. So let's say, for example, that you ask someone how their weekend is, and they say, Oh, you know, I was just really busy around the house, didn't even get a chance to stop. Just so tired. I mean, like boasting about being busy and tired, don't we? And when someone says that, you can say, Well, how do you truly relax? That is a normal question. That is not a weird question to ask someone that you're in a conversation with. But if they're interested in having a real conversation with you, it opens up all sorts of things. How would you answer that question? How do you truly relax? Probably going to talk about something that's quite important to you. Gets you past small talk. Gets you into what's important in life. You're not really forcing someone to expose themselves in this moment. They don't want to talk. They'll say, oh, I never get a chance to relax, and they'll move on. But there's a skill, isn't there, to just opening it up a little bit further. you got a few other questions on there. Maybe they've just told you about their job and you can ask them, so what's it like being in the army? Because I've got a clue. <laughs> what's it like living so far from family? What, what's it like running your own business? You could ask about whether this is the kind of place they would choose to live. This is a question I was able to ask someone this week. We are having a conversation about our families. I said, how do you start disagreements in your house? Fascinating conversations. Not exposing them, they're just going to share what they want. It's a normal conversation, right? Are you with me still? Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking for a little bit of a little bit of call and response. I say, Are you with yeah. me? You say yes. Yeah. You're following helpful, yeah. Yeah. but you wouldn't be offended if someone asked you one of these questions, would you? You wouldn't go, That was weird of them. These are normal conversation questions that are getting you into the heart of something that is important to people. You're learning about them, you're saying, Do they want to talk to me some more about important things in life? The bottom one is, I think, perhaps the most powerful question I've ever asked someone. I had a series, Jess and I, when we got together, we were long distance. She was living in Reading, I was in Leeds. And every Friday, one of us would travel basically to the other one. I spent a lot of time on trains. Mm-hmm. And um, I would always get a table seat because I'm a massive extrovert and just can't be wedged into those seats where it's back in front of you. And you know, you get to a small talk, and after a while, conversation would die down. I'd go, so. Have you ever had a spiritual experience? <laughs> Just, this is really interesting. One. I tell you, best conversation I've ever had. This is me learning. Probably didn't do it great. A lot of people said to me, no. But some people, they have about all sorts of things. I talk ghosts. I talk things that can't be explained. We talked miracles. It's fascinating. I'm not saying grab someone walking down the street and say, excuse me. <laughs> Have you ever had a spiritual, con- <laughs> spiritual experience? I have. So if you're in middle of a conversation with someone and you go, oh, that's kind of finished, but this is fun. It's the kind of question that people might like to talk about. Lots of people consider themselves spiritual people. My experience is that people are only too happy to talk about spiritual things and things of faith if they feel what's going on is real. And you're just asking them. Maybe they'll ask you. Anyway, there you go. There's some deeper questions. That gets you into the soil. Helps it develop. They can always back out. They can always run away. But you're uncovering the surface to get to the stuff underneath. Because friends, here's the deal. Real transformation requires seeds to be sown beneath the surface that God causes to grow and bring transformation to people's lives. That's what Peter said last week. We can't change people. I can't even change myself. But asking a question and digging the stadium, turning over something that's important or valuable to someone, might just allow us to chuck a few seeds in that God might cause to grow with real transformation to someone's life. Well. I bet if you think about some of the important things people have said to you the years, that's exactly what happened. They asked you a question, they exposed something, they chucked in a seed, and God caused it to bring it to life. I was with a friend a few years ago, he'd been a missionary in China, working in universities there he was talking about some students uh that he was working with talking about jesus and he was given one of them a home after after the, the session and they were talking about how hard it was to follow jesus this, this chinese student was really weighing up the cost of following jesus and he said hey jesus said something about it he said you know the path to life is narrow the path to destruction is wide.' that was it the guy chinese student gets out of the car he meets him three years later He's absolutely on fire for Jesus. And he comes up to my friend he says, the moment that captured my heart was what you said to me in the car. I thought about it for weeks. The path to life is narrow. if you walk it. The path to destruction is wide. He said, it just, it just got in my heart and ate at me. And I decided, no, I've got to give myself to Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. in. How are you finding it? A few little seeds? Didn't see it for three years, but God... Gave the growth. Normal conversation, God gave the growth. There's a next step. And this, I, I mean, British people, man library, I'm going this one, but uh, these are your big questions. This is the rocks at the bottom. This is what forms who we are, how we see the world. These are, if you like, theological questions. Why do you see the world the way you do? Let's say the person you're talking to has been talking about the wonder of art and how much they enjoy going to art galleries. Why do you think the beauty of art grips us so much? Like, I've got some interesting answers to that question as a Christian. So have you. They might have some interesting answers too. They might never have thought about it, but it is a fascinating question that strikes right to the heart of why we see the world the way we see it. And you know what? If you ask someone, they have thought about it, talk to you and you listen, they're going to feel loved. And they might say, what do you think? Or you might say, yeah. And for me, that's because, and you're able to go into a conversation about Jesus. Because if you walk up to someone and you want to talk to them about why the human heart gets so gripped by beauty, off the cuff from nowhere, that is weird. But if you've got there via a conversation about what they find interesting in life, that's that's very normal. There's a few other ones on there. These are looking at the drivers, the motivations, the authorities in people's lives. Now, what led you to make that really big decision to leave your job and to go into your own business? Maybe you're talking about a recurring problem in their life. How do you think that we can find real change? Do you think we can find real change in our lives? People have some interesting stuff to say about this. And you know, Christianity has some answers too. Jesus spoke about all these. Is there more to life than what we can see? Just to steal our question. Do you think it's possible to find true fulfillment? What we're doing is we're getting right through not just the surface level, not just the bit that you're happy to talk about, but right to the bottom of what causes things to be the way they are, the foundation at the bottom of people's lives. Friends, questions are powerful because they enable us to love people really well. But they're also powerful because they're able to lift up the surface so that seeds can go in, maybe from us saying something, maybe from someone realizing they have no idea why it's that way and now they'd like to think about it. I mean, we don't know what happened to the rich young ruler. Do you think he went to bed that night and went, oh, why did Jesus say that? Sometimes the question just opens it up. We don't get to put anything in there, but they wonder. They realize the brokenness of their own system, the way of understanding things, I don't know. Questions are powerful because they're a way of loving people, and a way of turning over the surface that seeds might go in that God can give you to. Most importantly, asking questions of people isn't weird. It's a normal, everyday thing that we can do to love people and perhaps share something of our faith with them. That following if you're thinking but where do I start? You start with the sun start a conversation ask the question listen to the answer ask another question listen to the answer maybe tell something of the story and if you're like but I don't know where I find those conversations then perhaps the most important thing I've got to share with you this morning is that God loves to answer a particular prayer he loves to answer the prayer hey God would you give me the opportunity to share something of your story with someone this week And then you start a conversation, you ask a question, you see what God might do. And so I think the only place we can finish is there and having a moment, maybe with the person next to us, if you know them, if you're happy to, if you're like COVID lurking, you stay over there, I just want to be on my own, that's fine too. But why don't we pray together, either with the people we came with or the person next to us, just on our own, if that's how you want, and just say, God, I'm probably a little bit better at asking questions than Adam is, because he's rubbish. But I'd like to be better than I am. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share something of your story. Would you give me an opportunity? While we take a moment, just turn to the person next to you, pray that prayer with one another now. And let's see what God might do in the week ahead.